0: Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church. And I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. Uh, I don't know. I I just, it's just like me talking about He's coming back. It's like, it's amazing to me. God drops a word inside of my heart. And then I hear this word over and over and over. I'm just so stressed out. Now, I want to see a show of hands of people in the room uh, that this week you have said that. I've been so stressed out. Just go ahead and raise your hand. Brandy, I was about to say, you better raise your hand. You're going to lie in the house of the Lord. Let me see him again. Go ahead and raise your hand. I've just been so stressed out. How many of y'all know the time and day that we live in, it's easy to live in a stressed out world of all the things that are going on? Are y'all hearing me tonight, am I the only one who lives in, lives in this bubble? It's very easy for us to be, I need y'all to talk to me tonight, I'm not going to be the only one up here. But uh, before we get started, I shared it this morning in, in our time of prayer, that uh, the best thing that you can do, honey, is you just, uh, when you're stressed, you, sometimes you have to look at it totally different, and just spell it backwards, and it spells desserts. And so when you do that, do you go ahead, and go ahead and put it up there, amen, Hallelujah. So go ahead and just go get you uh uh one of those Mrs. Baird's cherry pies or whatever it is. Listen, don't be hating on cherry pies right now. <laughs> whatever it is, maybe it's a uh pumpkin spice latte, may, whatever it is for you. I promise in in that past Pastor Robert in that, huh? Uh um uh, banana pudding. All your stresses go away, right? That's biblical. Praise the Lord. Somewhere in the Bible, we'll find that. But why is it that we're under stress? I think it's under stress because uh, we have a lot of bills and not enough money coming in with inflation. I think people are stressed. Uh, They get stressed out at work. There's not enough time in the day. How many of y'all know just juggling things? I think about, so I have a church family. I have my immediately, I should have said my family first. I have my family. I have a church family, I have a horseshoeing family, and then I have like my blood family. How I many of y'all know it's hard sometimes in, in life, you feel like the guy who's juggling the, uh, uh, who has the plate up on the pole, what you, what did, I don't know. yeah, you are bleeding up here on the front row. Are you just gonna show everybody? All right, welcome to Wednesday night. All right. And so, um. I was like, man, this is. I preached on Halloween. Now we're having a whole service up here on on Halloween. Um, what was I even talking about? <laughs> having different families, and in that something that, that you juggle, you have all these. It it. This is how sometimes I feel in ministry, like like the plate gets uh, where it's not turning. You know, in the uh, children's department. And so we go to the children's department and we get it going. And then over in the youth ministry, it's not spinning. So we go back over to the youth ministry and we start doing this. And then in the staff, I got to go over here and we got to turn it. And then we got to go over in the, in the sound and we got to go over in, in, in the uh, um, uh, usher, not ushers, but um, hospitality team. And it's like all the time you have all these things. But on top of that, uh, I have horses to take care of. I have a family to take care of. I got soccer. I've got uh, all these different things that are going on. And so it's easy, especially in the world we live in, going back to money, there's inflation. How many of y'all have felt it this year with the inflation in the economy? I believe all of us have. Moral decline, all of it. But what we want to hear is this. Uh, give me the solution to make it go away. And I want to tell you, God never promises that. In close the book. I'm over. No. Uh, he promises. I'll tell you this, though, tonight, I believe you'll leave here knowing this, that he promises us to give us the ability to stand up under it. Amen? And so stress is this. I looked it up in the dictionary, and stress is this. It's pressure or tension exerted on a material object. And if you know anything about pressure and how that works and having cracks inside of your uh, cement or wherever it is that you have cracks, pressure, what has happened and why you... why? it displays cracks is because pressure is greater than the capacity that it has to hold. And so I brought an object here to kind of show you what, this is how our life is. I brought a little, I brought a chair that I use when I go and watch games. Right here. Before we get started, i want to tell you this is a lot like how life is. How many of y'all know life is like this? I got the backup in case it does break, all right? Oh, man, it is going to break. But how many of y'all have ever felt like this? Like you have all this stuff to do and you don't have enough time? You don't have the resources to make it happen? And it's like this is what life feels like right here. Let me see a show of hands. You know what I'm, what I'm talking I believe God has a word for you tonight. Are you ready? All right. The bad news is, is, is this, pressure's not going anywhere. It's not going away. We just have to increase our capacity. Are you ready for the word? This is going to be the best part. I mean, my words are, are futile compared to what the word of God has to say. John 16 and verse 3 says this, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. How many of y'all need peace inside of your heart tonight? He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. This is coming from Jesus. I have overcome the world. How many of y'all know that Jesus has overcome the world? And so because he's overcome the world, we don't have to have trouble. I was thinking of uh, uh, different examples of this, and I I came up with several in the Old Testament. But one that I really wanted to hit on was, you know, in the Old Testament, when they cross the Red Sea, uh, Moses leads the people out and <clears throat> They're in the wilderness there, and it, it just is the beginning of the birth pains of all the things that they they went through there. But what Moses is doing, he's led four million people out of Egypt, and now what Moses is doing, he is he is acting like the judge of people's disputes. And I'm sure the lines getting pretty long, and people, you know, he. Uh, in fact, the Bible says people having problems with their neighbors, and he is being the judge, and he's trying to be the mediator between it. And his father-in-law comes to him in Exodus 18 and verse 17. He, Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you are doing is not good. Can I tell you, if you're being stressed out about some things, I, I just want to give you an inclination. That thing, whatever you're doing, it's not good. You will certainly wear out both yourself and these people who are with you because the task is too heavy for you to bear. How many of y'all know we need to cast all our care on him for he cares for us? How many of y'all, I, and, and I believe Moses was, thank you for this. And he says, you cannot do this alone. And so he gives him an ingredient to help him affix uh, this problem of these disputes. Because he's saying, the way you're doing it, it's wrong. And then we go on to verse 23. It says, if, after he gives him the ingredient, I won't get into that because I have lots more to share with you tonight. But in verse 23, he said, If you do this thing, if you will do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure. How many of y'all know the word of God has the ingredient for us to endure? It says the responsibility, and all these people will also go back to their tents in peace. You know what we want in our life, what we want in our family, what we want in our jobs, in our businesses, in our, our city, in our community? We want peace. And we want the ability to endure. And that's a great, that's a great example in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, there's a, there's an example, I believe, here. Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter eleven and verse 28. He said, Come to me. How many of y'all know that it's a great ingredient when we get messed up in stress? We the first the first person we forget to go to is, is the Lord. When we get stressed, what we do? We we gripe at our spouse, we gripe at our kids. We gripe on Facebook. Rather than that, let's go to the Lord. How many of y'all know the Lord can take your gripes? Yeah. He can. And rather than going to all of those things, the last place, in fact, this morning I was talking about it in prayer. Lots of times, uh, you know, we, we, we tell ourselves, well, we just don't have enough time to be in the Word. We just don't have enough time. If, I promise you, if all of you looked at, at the end of the week, um, the percentage on your phone, you know, it gives you the status of your screen time. I promise you, if the time you looked at Facebook, you just got in the Word of God, it would help you out. Amen? We all have time. So he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavily burdened. If you came in tonight, weary and heavily burdened, I want to give you the, the recipe for success. Go to the Lord. He said, Come to me, and I will give you rest. Refreshing your souls with salvation. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, this is interesting because I read several commentaries on this, on the yoke here. He didn't use the word in Greek that most of the people knew what a yoke was. If you know what I'm talking about, it was made out of wood and it connected two ox together, plowing a field and had rings in the front where the guy in the back would have the reins on the ox and they were connected together. But the Greek word that Jesus used here in the word yoke was one that was specially designed for the actual ox that was going on. You know what that tells me? Is God cared so much when he said the word yoke. He said, I, I, I know what you're going to face. I know what your family's gone through. I know all of the things. I know your past. I know all of that stuff. But I'm going to make a special design yoke for you that it won't hurt you. Come on, is that not good news? That it's not going to rub in the wrong places, that it's not going to irritate you, but I'm making a special yoke for you. Isn't that good? Yoke upon you and learn from me. He said, following me as my disciples, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest. How many of y'all know we just need, again, we need a yoke up with the Lord? Amen? We need a yoke up with the Lord. And when we do that, I'm telling you, um, it's so much better. We yoke up with all kinds of other things. Do we not? We yoke up with a, with a person that will agree with us. Right? We, that's, the only, that's the only person that we feel comfortable yoking up with. But God said, yoke up to me. He said, you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many of y'all could testify tonight that the Lord's yoke is easy and his burden is light? So what is God's prescription for us to have a bigger capacity? And I believe, I've, I've taught on this before, but I believe tonight the Lord's given me something that, <clears throat> some tools that you can use in your life. Number one, how we can in, increase our bigger capacity. Number one is this. You need to allow your body and mind to recover. Now, I'm going to go ahead and be straight up with y'all. I get an F minus in this category right here. I promise you. Like, like this week, I'll just tell you. So preach Sunday. Uh, preaching tonight, doing chapel in the morning, Uh, Sunday, have church, Sunday night, men's night. I have a Bible study on Monday night, and that is not including all the times in the morning. That's a whole bunch. You're like, well, you're a preacher. I promise you, it's not that easy, okay? Okay coming up with the word because I want to hear from God of what to share at each and every one of these things. I, I am not, I'm telling you, I like to burn the candle at both ends. Pastor Brandy can tell you this, my blood pressure is the best when I have one million things to do. But when I, I, I have canceled vacations. We've been on vacation for 10 days before, and I canceled it at day seven because I was bored. Listen, I love to go and do, so I have to really make myself take a day off. You guys are cast, Don, you're the same way, so don't cast judgment at me. On snow days, some of y'all are like, you know what I want to do when it snows? I want to sit inside and watch Netflix, not me. I want to break all the snow out of our driveway, then go to the neighbor's house and do theirs. Because I just love to be productive. I like to blow and go. I I love it. But how many of y'all know, if you keep chopping wood with the same axe head, you're eventually going to run out of sharpness, Right? You've got to come to a place where you sharpen your tools. I mean, I know this, that the leading cause of, de- uh, one of, the leading, leading cause of depression is this. People's lives are out of balance. Would you agree with me? People's lives are out of ba- balance. It's how we live our lives. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse, verses 9 and 10, this is the big 10, but he said, Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath, a day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. Now, I'm talking to millennials just for a second. In order for you to have one day off, you've actually got to work six. Come on, somebody. Amen. You've got to actually work six to take one day off. But how many of y'all know the time and day we're living in, in the world? I, I mean, Sharon, you said it the other day. I, all of us Christians need to get together whose parents over kids and say, uh, if my kid is going to play on this team, he don't play on Sundays. But all of us have got to do it. Maybe we should lead the charge. All right, I'll do it. But, but think about it. In the society we are today, seven days there is something to do. Even on the weekends. People are in depression because there's, I mean, Nobody ever takes rest. Nobody, well, I say nobody. <laughs> There's a whole lot of people that are not working. But in order for this to work, you've got to work six days and take the seventh one off. And I'm telling you, I, this is this is teaching to me tonight. When we get stressful, it's because lots of times we're running out of gas. and We're running on fumes. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 9 through 11, it says, So there remains a full and complete Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has once entered his rest, has also rested from his labors. Just as God rested from his own, let us therefore make every effort and enter that rest of God to know and experience it for ourselves so that no one will fall by following the same examples of disobedience. How many of y'all know we need to take some days off? I'm preaching to myself right now. So number one, in order to increase your capacity, you need to allow your body and mind to recover. Number two is this. This one's so vital. I believe the Lord gave me this for a reason. People are stressed out. Okay, in order to increase your capacity, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. This is more of a teaching tonight. I'm not preaching. But you need to know who you are. The reason I say that people are so stressed out because they care way too much about what other people think about them. Oh my Lord. People lack confidence because they don't know who they are in Christ. You've got to know who you are in Christ. People are so wound up. My granny, Granny Bennett, I, I say this all the time. She She's my favorite. She's a hero in my life. I'm so sad she's gone, but one of the things I, I i tell you this all the time i remember her sitting at the kitchen table smoking them big old long cigarettes and she'd say "travis i'm nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof" there's people in here you you you're wound up tighter than bark on a tree because you're so worried about what everybody else thinks rather than what god thinks about you and some of you it's no problem i i pro- this is not a problem for me i promise you I could have my fly open right now, and I would, I would zip it and not be mortified. There would be people that would be, and I understand that. But you've got to know who you are. Gosh, I hope you get this tonight. You've got to know who you are. You are a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything. Not everybody's going to like you. You're not going to believe this. There is people out there, they hate my ever-living guts. And they send me messages about it all the time. Like they ain't got nothing else to do. I get emails all the time. Like weekly, I get messages in my messenger box on Facebook of how much they hate my ever-living guts. I hope you're watching right now. I love you. Jesus loves you. But you know, if I live like that, there's some of y'all out there, you, you have that spirit of rejection, and it's stressing you out. You've got to break that curse off of you. Amen? Amen. Don't play out of the narrative of what people think you are. See, the the chair is successful when it knows what it is. It's not a mic stand and it's not a guitar. It's a chair. Amen? Get that. Let's get that tonight. Amen? Galatians chapter 6 and verses 4, it says, Pay careful attention to your own work. Say that again. People are so stressed out, not only do they care too much about what other people think, you care too much about other people. It, oh, she said it. <laughs> she went there. But how many of y'all believe people are stressed out because they, they're, they're, they're ming, mingling in people's affairs that isn't any of their business? That's why you need to know who you are in Christ. You guys getting anything out of this already? For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Isn't that good? We're responsible for our conduct. Number three is this. You got to know what you're supposed to do. Know what you're supposed to do. And when you know that, you can stay in your veins. See what you're... Stay in your lane. Sorry, stay in your lane. What you're trying to do is get in everybody else's lane. Get in your lane. Second Peter chapter one and verse 10, it says this N I V. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, your calling has a competitor. And you know what it is? It's non-essential things that are in your life. Know what you're supposed to do. I mean, y'all know we have, we have loads of distractions. Loads of distractions. Right now on my phone, I don't have any social media apps. I have them all deleted off of there, except for the one to get on with you guys in the morning. You know why? Because it is a distraction. I got cities to build and contracts to fill the next two weeks. The last thing that I need to do is go into a TikTok coma. Which is easy to do if you've ever been on it. Because it is funny and full of some great information. But how many of y'all know, I, you know, I just want to reiterate Psalm 5 and verse 3. We share, I shared this in the morning. Lots of times what we do is, as, as a people, first thing in the morning, we look down. And this is what we do. What did he say? Uh, let me just go ahead and read that scripture to you. Psalms 5 and verse 3. <clears throat> I shared this yesterday morning, but I believe this is such a good scripture. He says, in the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will prepare for, for you and watch and wait. Uh, New King James says, I will look up. How many of y'all, how many of y'all believe the first thing? You can go ahead and cast judgmental eyes all you want to, but the first thing you do when you wake up is you look at this. You're like, Preach, white boy, preach, because I am telling facts right now. And you know, mine in the morning, because I, I have it on silent mode starting at like eight o'clock, because I'm a dad. And I need to pay attention to them. So I will, lots of times in the mornings, those of you that have gotten texts from me at like 4.30 in the morning, because that's when I wake up, you know. But uh, I'll have text messages. I'll have emails. I'll have, you know, when social media stuff is on there, I'll have the news. And that's the first thing we do. How many of y'all have ever got the, looked at the news early in the morning and it just sucks the life out of you right out the get-go? And we look down. But the Word of God says this. Early in the morning, I will look up. I'm telling you, we get stressed out because we start our day off wrong. We've got to look up. We've got to know what we're supposed to do. Know what you're supposed to do. Know what you're supposed to do. Um, Never stumble. But our calling has a competitor. We have all these non-essential things in our life. See, the philosophy of America is this. If one is good... Two is better. If one is good, two is better. How many? Not Yeah. One car is good, but two cars is better. One gun is good, but ten guns. Am I in the Republic of Texas tonight? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. That'll preach. In money, I mean, $1 is good, but $2 is better. One kid is good, four kids is better, I think. One wife is good, two wives is wrong. Okay, let's just go ahead and put that out there, unless you're a Mormon. Praise the Lord. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Oh, get that in your heart tonight. Lots of times. See, so many, what you're supposed to do. And how many of y'all know we take on more than we can bear? That's why you've got to learn what you're supposed to do. Learn how to say no. When people, when people call me, um, I, I, I've just learned this. Even good clients, they'll call and say, um, like a couple of Fridays ago, I had a real good client. They called me and said, hey, I can't make it. Uh, I just told them, hey, you're going to have to get in line. I'm not just going to squeeze you in there. And when they tell me this, they say, well, I'm just going to have to get somebody else. I say, go get somebody else. Because I've had to learn to say no. How many of y'all know we've got to know what we're supposed to do? Dads, you've got to know what you're supposed to do. Stay in your calling of Dad. I see so many dads, they volunteer for this and volunteer for that. How many times uh, even my kids be a coach for their team? I would love to coach football. I would love it. I love the game. I've played it. I enjoy it. But I just know this. I, I'm a pastor. I'm a horse I'm a dad. And I've got to stay on track of what I'm supposed to do. America, I'm talking to you right now. Stay what you're supposed to do. Am I talking to somebody tonight? Amen. Number four is this. You'll increase your capacity when you're supported by others. I'm so thankful for the body of Christ. It's a fellowship. It's a family of God. Jesus calls it a flock. There's strength in numbers. I alluded to it this morning, but when you watch the Discovery Channel and the one antelope gets off by himself, I mean, y'all know that's a bad place to be. I read this morning, I just kind of looked it up, but the number two cause for anxiety and stress is people that feel isolated all by themselves and in their bubble. I was talking in my office um, uh, yesterday to somebody, and isn't it amazing, as they're pouring their heart out to you, what they think right away as they're pouring this out to a pastor that me as a pastor, that I'm going to be a... The judge. Can I tell you in the courts of heaven, God's not called you to be a judge. God's not called you to be a defense attorney. The only thing that he's called you to be is a witness. Hear me out. God's not called you to be a judge. He's not called you to be a defense attorney. He's called you to be a witness. What did the blind guy say? He said, I don't know. I just know this. I was blind, but now I can see. God's called us to be a witness. Amen. But as I was talking this, this I, I think so much when, when we've gone through things in our life, I think she was gonna, that I was going to look at them like, "Oh my Lord, oh, oh my gosh." But as I didn't do that, I could feel freedom in the room. The Bible says this, that confess your sins one to another. Isn't that amazing? Everybody. Uh, every time i've confessed something to someone like you know like if i went to pastor robert i know he would love me i know he'd forgive me i know he'd share the word with me but the hardest part person to forgive is me forgiving myself amen and that's why you've got to have people in your life that's why you've got to forsake not the assembling of saints together be anchored in the body of christ you know i i was raised by charismaniacs. My parents aren't charismaniacs, but in the charismaniac church. And I remember at one time there, were, there was people, they chased words. They got addicted to going to words. That, that's the only way I know how to put it. And these people's lives were not anchored because they would go from this place to this place to this night they were here. This night they were there. This night they were over here. This night they were in a word over here. This night they were in a church over here. This night they were in the church over there. Listen, they weren't anchored in their life showed it. We've got to be anchored in the body of Christ. How many of y'all thankful for the people, brothers and sisters that you're sitting next to? Every one of us in here, we've gone, we've gone through things and we think the enemy wants to isolate you and get you stressed out. That's why it's so important. When these doors are open, you're in the house of God. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 8, it says this. There was a certain man without a dependent having neither a child nor a brother, yet there was no end to all his labor. When you do things by yourself, there's no end to all your labor. Indeed, his eyes were not satisfied with riches, and he never asked, for whom did I labor and deprive myself of pleasure? This, too, is vanity. Yes, it is a painful effort and an unhappy task. Verse 9, it says, two, everybody say two, two are better than one. Because they have a more satisfying return for their labor. It says, For if either of them falls, the one lifts up his companion. I mean, I know his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and does not have another to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together, then they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone and the one... Can, over, can overpower him who is alone. Two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. My dad tells this story. My aunt, y'all, y'all know my Aunt Donna that and, and Uncle Ben. They sit over here, but uh, it's my dad's twin. And they tell stories of when they were young, of how when one bullied the other, said one that bully might, can take out one, but he can't take out both of us. How I many y'all know it's the same way with the bully of the enemy? He might can come after one, but two can stand up against him. There is power in numbers. Let's stay connected to the body of Christ. Number five is this, and this is my last one. You increase your capacity when God is helping you. Listen, none of these work if you don't do this one. I really wanted to hit it home on this last one. God has to be the Lord of your life. I mean, y'all know the Bible says he's the Prince of Peace. That's a name one of the names that he is. Prince of peace. This word prince in the Hebrew means Tsar. That's where the Russians get the word Tsar, and that's where the Romans got the word Caesar. It's like Caesar. And it means this the one in charge, Lord Chief General. If he's going to be the Prince of Peace, he has to be the one in charge. He has to be your Lord. He has to be your chief. He has to be the general. This word peace in in the Hebrew means shalom. And it means rest, tranquility, wholeness, completeness, and contentment. But in order for you to have the rest, the tranquility, wholeness, completeness, contentment in your heart, you first got to make him the prince of your life. Are you hearing me tonight? I want to give you some examples in scriptures. In Psalm 4 and verse 8, it says, In peace, everybody say peace. In peace, do you have it up there? In peace and with a tranquil heart, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord. Make me dwell in safety and confident trust. Listen, in order for you to live in peace in your life, you've got to have him, the Lord of your life. What's the next scripture? Another example, Psalm 29, 11, The Lord will give... Unyielding and Unpenetrable Strength to his people The Lord will bless His people with Peace are you seeing it In order for you to have peace He's got to be the Lord the next one I have a couple more here. you know the message Which he sent to, to the sons of Israel Announcing the good news of peace Through Jesus Christ Who is Lord Of all One more They fit together. Prince of peace. Therefore, since we have been justified, that is acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God by faith, we have peace with God and the joy of reconciliation with him through our what? Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, when you make him the Lord of your life, peace will enter in. And when you make him the prince you'll begin to follow in his principles. But he's got to be first. Prince will lead to principles. And most of our stress comes from ignoring God's principles. How many of y'all would agree with that? Most of your stress comes from ignoring God's principles. In Matthew 6 and verse 33, he said, but what? But first, everybody say first. He said, first and most importantly, seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all These things will be given to you. We've got to make him the Lord of our life first and foremost. And most importantly, seek his kingdom and his righteousness for all these things. How many of y'all want, we realize that we're stressed because all of our things are out of order. But when we make him the Lord of our life, all these things will be given to you also. Peace comes first when we put God first. Peace comes when we put God first. Last thing I want to share with you is this. When Queen Elizabeth died here a couple weeks ago, um, I didn't watch it 19 hours. It speaks for itself. But I listened, uh, I was going down the road and I heard this on the radio that there I forget how many millions of Americans were watching her funeral. And just a side note I heard this last week that I didn't realize this before they put her in the cr- put her in the ground they removed her crown off of her because she wanted to go into the ground as a Christian woman because where she was going there was only one person that had a crown. So they removed her crown but the thing of it is was this was what was interesting to me As Americans, all these millions of Americans watched. I didn't. But they said the reason that they did was because, even in America, but all over the world, they they gave the numbers of America and all over the world. And I mean, it was loads of people. I forget. I mean, billions of people that were watching this funeral. It's because everybody, there's something in everybody's heart that they desire to have a king. We all desire. To have a king. To have someone Lord over us. You may be rebellious deep down inside of there. But I promise you there's something in you. That you desire to have a king. And listen when we pursue the king of kings. And the Lord of lords. Some of y'all tonight you're stressed out. Over things that he can take care of in an instant. You're worried about stuff that I have no earthly idea. Why people worry about the things they worry about. But they do. And I'm telling you, it's because of these things right here. You need to know who you are. You need to know what you're supposed to do. You need to support yourself with other people. You need to know this, that God is helping you. You need to allow your body to, and your mind to recover. How many y'all get something out of the Word tonight? Listen. Just get you some dessert on the way home. If anyone, honestly... Honestly, it, it if anyone should not be stressed, I think it should be men and women of God. I mean, I know, I know there's heavy times that come. I know that we're surrounded by this on every front. There's all kinds of things that happen. But you know what? Let's cast all our care on him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And if you, you know... I shared this um, Sunday morning in the second service. It's so easy sometimes I, when, when I hear things that are going on and, and, you know, some of you that have stocks and how uh, I many y'all know it's been hit on every side and it's so easy to put yourself in a box like, are we ever going to get out of this? But just remind yourself of every time that God has. What is that doing? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things be added unto you. God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, I pray I lift up people in the room. Just be bold. Just lift your hand and say, you know what? I've been stressed. Lift your hand. Amen. Oh, wow. A lot of people. God, I thank you. I, I pray for these, Lord, that have their hands raised. God, I pray that this word not go in one ear and out the other. But, God, I pray that it brings life to their inner man. Lord, I pray that as they are obedient to what your word had to say tonight, Lord, as they get in fellowship with one another, as they see who they are in Christ, Lord, quit being in the affairs of other people and they begin to mind their own business. Lord, I pray that you would just be, as they seek you first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Lord, I pray that tonight that, that you're pulling weight off. I come against that spirit of rejection that they have felt maybe from a dad when they were young or from an old coach or a teacher or a mom or, or, or a, whoever it is. Lord, I pray that tonight, God, that they would see that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And Lord, you have tailor-made a yoke for us to be yoked up with you for our situation, for what we're going through. And so, Lord, right now, I pray for the Spirit of God. Go in operation. Move mountains. I pray, that, Lord, that you hear our cry tonight. And, Lord, that uh, you would minister to people in the room in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for it. We give you glory for it now in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Are you thankful you came on a Wednesday night? Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible you can give now by clicking the link below and if you haven't already subscribe and share this message it helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you be sure to stay connected to us through our church center app our website arenaoflifechurch.org and follow us on social media like facebook and instagram may the lord bless you and keep you his face shine upon you be gracious to you and give you peace Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.